doing on this week's show. We uh, we had to catch up. It's supposed to happen a couple weeks ago, but today we have the real big doobie on today's on, show. You Thank doing? you so How much you for doing? coming in and sitting down. Bro. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, it's the mission. All right, good. Nice on social media. It's the real big doobie. What's that? How you doing, bro? Yeah, you Thank know. you so much for sitting down with me. Uh, as always, I usually offer multiple beverages uh, in respect to the factory or nothing. Today we just have the blueberries. Uh, if you like a cold beer like. while we're talking, feel free. Watch I'm going to crack like. one. I don't know how much I'll drink. We'll see. Uh, I might have one. Thank you so much for coming, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. And for moving on the fly, yeah. showing up yeah, at the, uh, the factory or nothing here. This wonderful studio with Yog and the guys make a lot of big hits. I got you. Uh, shout out to Case Money and his new single, Rico. Is uh, wrecking havoc, so we just give them a little pub as we get started. Uh, it looks like we're still live and rolling, so let's go ahead and get started. I've got my notes. Um, you, you, you have a lot of music, and you've hit the scene pretty hard within the past few months yes, with sir. your with your mix CD. What's the name of your mix CD? From the D to AZ. From the D to AZ. I feel that. Yeah, I'm from uh, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, okay. and I've been out here three years. How long have you been in, in AZ? Oh, I've been back and forth since 2000. Okay, so you just go back and forth. That's no, just no, your no, nature. No. Whoa, like. Oh, you just been you you moved back and forth since 2000. I've moved back a couple of times, but the majority of the time since 2000, I've been here. Mm, mm. Like I went back. Okay, so you did the majority of your are you growing up here? Then? Yeah, That's like, 20 years. I I've been like almost. So. You spent, you're growing up, yeah, I ain't gonna say growing up, but you've been here for 20 years. Yeah. So that's a substantial amount of time. Yeah, I graduated high school here. Okay, all right, all right, well that's good. Phoenix representer. Um, so what brought you here in 2000 from Detroit? I was a knucklehead, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, they're trying to settle you down. Yeah, like I was one, of, I had a, a situation where, you know, you would hear about kids or you had like your your elders and your family be like, this nigga gonna end up dead or in jail. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That was my path. You know what I'm talking about? Dead or in jail. I just was uh, just just, you know, growing up in Detroit, just following the mode of what you would expect for a stereotypical Detroit young You know what I mean? So my aunt and uncle been out here since the nineties. They had a church out here. Um so my pops and my aunt had got together on some, let's get him out here for the summer. And um, I came out one summer and like, you gotta understand like. That's how I keep talking. I never even seen like a Mexican kid or (laughs) like a white kid or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't never even seen it before. So except for on TV. So to come out here and to see like all these different cultures and different people, it was a real life culture shock. You know what I'm talking about? So I, I understand not not having seen a lot of Mexican people. I, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and we really didn't have any Mexicans until like '95, yeah. the mid '90s. Uh, it was just Puerto Ricans, maybe some um, Thai people, or maybe some Indians. You know, uh, excuse me, whatever, real Indians, not natives. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It, it, I just, uh, I, it was new to me too. I met a lot of cultures here in AZ. No white people though. No white people. Would, so you were in Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. You weren't playing around. Uh, <laughs> no, I ain't one of them. I'm from Detroit, but really from somewhere way, you know, <laughs> Lansing somewhere. And I, I'm from West Seven Mile. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like West Side of Detroit. And 
I just didn't see it. You know what I mean? Like growing up, it was nothing but black people. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's it. That's all I knew, except for like a teacher here and there. You know what I mean? Like right. I had a couple white teachers. I remember that. Brave souls. God bless. Them. Yeah. But trying, like, trying to teach children. You know? Every once in a while, like I seen a white kid, like because I go to Canada with my pops sometimes. Mm. See Bo. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? So our pops would take me to Canada, but we was we was grew up like scared. You know what I'm talking about? Like we thinking like like that's just how black. Like, we was just raised to be scared of them, you know, like, they got lice or something, you know what I'm talking about, like, they can't use your comb, don't bring them home, like, we, as a kid, we don't really fully understand that it's a joke, so we was, grew up kind of scared to even interact, you know what I mean, like, until I moved out here, and it was like, man, hold up, like, you mean to tell me the rest of the world ain't like Detroit, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I bet that was crazy, yeah, man. Let's take one pause. Let me see what I can do. Is your phone still in the room? It should be a statement to some of y'all, but if you understand me, maybe you'll understand what I'm saying. But point being, coming to, and, and then your family, you know, wilding in the streets to, you said your your aunt uncle started a church or yeah, ran a church? They, got, they still do. They still do run a church. They still do in respect to that. Um, but that must have been incredibly earth shattering for a man of your age and your background to come to Arizona and being being taken care of by church. Not that your parents weren't church goers, but there's, there's a certain amount of pressure yeah. when you're affiliated with people that run a church. There's a certain amount of pressure in how you're going to act, and, and you were wilding. So let's talk about that that adjustment in Arizona, which must have been uh, crazy in my mind. That's a super dope question. Like. <laughs> Like you really asking questions to learn about me, man. I like that, man. Like, well, so well, I'm very interested. Some people say I'm a re- man. This fucking Facebook. <laughs> play this video. Yes, I have trouble playing. I, I don't want to play. I want to record it. What does it say? In my video. Well, maybe it's still. I don't know. It's just not showing. We'll keep rolling. Roll through it. We got the footage with Bishop. No matter what happens. Um, some people think I'm a racial guy, but I was raised uh, in Richmond. It's, we have uh, 50-50 in the cities, but we even have 20 or 30% black people in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So I was raised around black people my whole life. I, not like some people, they weren't foreign to me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think Richmond shares a lot with Detroit in that, maybe not in the inner city of Detroit, but back when the General Motors was running, yeah, was there was a lot of black people getting good jobs. There was a lot of black and white people that worked together, went to school together, mm-hmm. maybe integrated more than other parts of the country. And I feel like Richmond has that in common. But we were talking about, I don't want to get off subject, your, your huge adjustment coming to Arizona and being under church, uh, a family. Let's talk about that. I'll let you talk. So, like, I moved out here, and my aunt, which is my, my dad's sister, so my dad's side of the family is a real, like, it's real black structure, hierarchy. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, your elders are your elders. You don't get out of pocket with your elders under no circumstance or... You know, there are calls that'll be made and you will be dealt with accordingly. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's how I was raised. You know what I'm talking about? In regards to, like, my dad and my uncles and my aunts. You know what I'm talking about? So, I moved out here with my aunt and I already knew, like, for one, my aunt that I moved out here was my favorite aunt my entire life. So, mm-hmm. I already knew that I wasn't no getting out of line with my auntie. And I never had that issue within my family. It was more so of me just wanting to be in the streets. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I wasn't wasn't one of them kids that's going to, you know, pop off to his pops or pop off to one of my aunts and uncles. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather get out here in the streets and pop a nigga upside his head. You know what I'm talking about? Like, 
I was more activated more than being in the house getting trouble at home. You know what I mean? So I get you. It wasn't a conflict with your parents, other than the fact that they were trying to live a certain way, and the way you were trying to live was maybe yeah. opposite of what they wanted for you. Yeah, because like my mom and pop split up like eighth grade year, so at that point it was rap. You know what I mean? Like uh, if I'm gonna live with pops, you know, pops he. <laughs> he's doing his thing He working So you know I, I can pretty much Be out here Doing what I want to do You know what I mean And I ain't really Having too much contact With mom dudes At first You know what I mean After they had separated So But moving out here Like boom Instantly like First I'm not it, it was a learning process Like you said It's a lot of pressure It's a, it's a difference When you represent The house of The pastor You know what I'm talking about Like just even know, people knowing that, you know what I mean? Oh, that's the pastor nephew and all that. Like, I ain't never had experienced that. My parents were not religious like that, you know what I mean? Like Another aspect is being the leader of a predominant, uh, prominent church, he he has a bit of somewhat fame and celebrity in the yeah. community. Yeah. And like you said, that carries over to you. Yeah, man. And I didn't understand it at first, right? So, like, no lie, like, my boy JoJo, like, shout out my man JoJo Taylor, man. Like, we... When I went to Chandler High School, I went to Chandler, and like the first time he introduced me to his mom, Deuce, she hated my guts <laughs> because I was so raw still, not knowing that, you know, like in my head, like if I meet you out in the street somewhere, you know, I'm going to talk to you like you in the streets. If you ain't get introduced to me as an elder from my family, then I don't really hold you to that same kind of respect. That's how, you know a dumb young me used to think, you know what I'm talking about? So his mama asked me something like, what are you into? You know what I mean? And my answer was so disrespectful. Like, <laughs> I answered the question so disrespectfully. Like, I don't even want to So this say is it. like family night, first, I'm not family, not first night, but this is first getting to know each other, getting together, yeah, trying to dude. figure you out. What do you, you like board games? You like Nintendo? I answered with the most vulgar, disrespectful answer. Like, thinking I was being so cool. Right. And <laughs> JoJo told me, like, yeah, my dude said I can't even fuck with you. Like, <laughs> like, shout out to JoJo. He still held me down and still was the homie. But I didn't understand, you know what I mean? Like, that was my first time experiencing that. Wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, somebody else's parent. Like, in Detroit, I would have, you know, certain parents would have, I would have got a laugh or a joke. You know what I mean? Like, oh, nigga, you ain't doing it. You know what I mean? Like, they'd have responded as a peer as opposed to. Or knowing or knowing more about the situation you came out of. Yeah, man, she wasn't having that shit at all. So, but, you know, JoJo still was like my ace, like one of the first dudes I got cool with when I moved out here. You know what I mean? Like, outside of the church, going to school with him and whatnot. But, uh. <laughs> so that was like my first like you know once I, I I didn't know how to accept the fact that his moms didn't want us to be homies no I ain't never experienced that before mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it, it well you got you did I mean there was a certain standard in Detroit and you were now living in maybe a different the parents around you had different standards yeah but and you didn't meet the standard unfortunately I, and I couldn't family. handle that so that made me want to learn you know what I mean like I didn't take it as a ill like. I, I took it as a learning experience. So, you know, I started to notice that, like you said, like, man, that's the pastor nephew, and that's how he talked. Like, that's what I was I was hearing, you know what I mean? Like, it had got back to my auntie that I had said this, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, you the pastor nephew, you out here talking like this? I'm like, oh, man, you know, I got to tighten up. I don't, you know, I don't want to get on my auntie's bad side. I got to figure this thing out, you know what I mean? So... 
Now, I feel you. That's got to be tough. I mean, I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church, which uh, to a lot of people is, is a little crazy. But uh, the, the, the kids around me, and these were regular white kids in the suburbs, but the kids at me around me that were wilding out the most were the police's children and the pastor's kids. Yeah. We're always pushing the envelope on what to do and what not to do, you know. Um, so that was kind of different for you. You moved into the situation where you were related to the pastor and you were, I'm sure, uh, like I said, Detroit had a different standard. You were yeah. used to, to wilding out at a much different standard than Arizona was used to. Absolutely. Especially, like you said, you know, Arizona... You know, it's not like you. It doesn't sound like you moved to Buckeye when you moved here. It sounded like maybe they had a nice house in a, in a, in a different community, and, and uh, yeah. parents had a different standard, like we said. Uh, how was it? When did you first started rapping? Was so, that in Detroit? Was that here? Where was that? In real life, like I, I first started rapping in Detroit as a little boy, but not too many people really knew. Like I fell in love with rap during like the Bone Thugs and Harmony era, you know what I'm talking about, like, so I used to memorize my favorite rapper's songs, and I used to rap them, and, like, wow. when the box used to come on, you know what I mean, the videos, mm -hmm. and, and my aunts and cousins and everything used to see that I could rap these words, I used to get a, you know, they used to love that shit, you, you get know attention. what I mean, yeah, so, and that's the start. that was the that's first, when you, when you get that attention, that's the start of so it, so I'm like, man, I can write my own raps, you know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about, like, so, I, I never forget, like, it was like Timbaland and Magoo, um, Up Jumps the Boogie or something like mm -hmm. that. Like, Shout out to VA. That's yeah, VA. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wrote my first little rap to that. And I went to the school and I let a couple of the homies hear it. They was like, yo, this that's super, you know what I mean? Niggas was amazed that I had put that together. And, um, you know, I went back and, and let my little cousins and shit hear it. And we did a little talent show. I performed it. But that was pretty much it. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't never really... I was I was thugging at that point. Like I ain't want I ain't rap the streets. You know what I mean? Like I say, the life, uh, life in general, and especially life in the streets, gets in the way of a lot of things. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially creative pursuits. Usually. But when I moved here, like going to Chandler, like this is how I feel. Like I had a different experience. Like Arizona is different to me than maybe even you know, most black men or, or other men, period. Like, I've experienced a different Arizona. Like, moving here, um, like I said, in 2000, I rapped. I, I could already rap, and you know what I mean? Like, I would, so going to the church, my aunt and uncle and my cousins and them, they had a gospel rap group and all that, you know what I mean? So they like, yeah, we know you can rap, but you can't rap nothing but church, you know what I mean? Right. So no they were pretty hard. No, yeah, they wasn't having it. So it was fine, you know what I mean? Like, so from 16 years old, 17, I was rapping in a church, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like, going to all these different churches all across the country, you know what I'm talking about? Doing youth events. Hey, there's shows every Wednesday night and every Sunday morning Listen, if you if you, you rap in the Lord's Word. Shout know? out, Michael Drake. I'm talking about FOG clothing line. You know what I'm talking about? We had our own Christian clothing line, mm -hmm. everything, like, making crazy money doing, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. people wouldn't imagine, you know what I'm talking about? Like, but it was, it was real, it was real dope. Um, but outside of church, you know, like at school, or even my cousins would take me down, like, back in the day, you can go on Mill Avenue and 
fall into a cipher. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I hear about that. Yeah, I know about the cipher. Like, I couldn't, like, I ain't, I don't know about now. I ain't been on Mill in a minute, but like, when I was a young, like, young nigga, I, we, my cousin take me up and down Mill, and it'd be real ciphers going on. You know what I mean? And they'd be like, you gonna get in there and spit? I'd be excited too, because I always felt like I was better. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I never felt like I even heard somebody in a cipher or heard somebody rapping. That made me feel like, man, these bars ain't gonna be up to par. You know what I mean? Like, I always feel like because when I write or anything freestyle, I feel like I'm competing with the same rappers that I fell in love with. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm competing with. And you started at Bone Thugs and Harmony. I was gonna mention earlier. I mean, that's for that to be your. You know, I, I started a little earlier at Run DMC, uh-huh. which what they were rapping just physically. Is easier to rap. I mean, Bone Thugs and Harmony is incredibly hard to just mimic. Even to, to know the words to mimic, then to mimic it is incredibly tough. So, the fact that you started there, I think, yeah, is, it shows you where you've gotten to where you are because uh, it's such a you started with such a hard pattern to uh, to, to to draw, and uh, now you draw your own patterns. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's it, man. So, like, I remember like Power ninety two, or I think it used to be like Power ninety eight, or vice versa, mm-hmm. the radio station. They was at the high school, you know what I'm talking about? Like, so lunchtime, they had the speakers out, they playing a little music, and um, that's when that little Bow Wow song was out of bounds with you, you know, when his first little song had came out. And like, you know, the little instrumental was playing, and it was a dude rapping, like, I remember this shit vividly, you know what I mean? Like, because me being, like I said, coming from Detroit and experiencing this, it was like, this shit was overwhelmingly exciting for me, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, Did you feel like the kid in the candy store yeah, when you man. first got here? In real life, because you're so. You're, I mean, I can imagine you're you're used to talking to women a certain way. You used to get women to respond a certain way. You're used to maybe selling a little lollipop or a drug here and there. Maybe it just seemed like this would be a wide open playing field to someone with the type of experience you had, and to uh, to turn that down. It would be incredibly hard. It almost like you have superpowers when you move here because you live such a different life. And that's why I'm telling you, man. Like that's why I only been doing music now. This hasn't even been a year yet. My first year it'll be the day after Christmas. That's a year for me for doing music. Well, that's why I got confused because that's why you seem like such a new artist, but you're so seasoned as a person. Yeah, man. This is that's why. Like so, I get up like it's one dude that can rap like in the whole school. You know what I'm talking about, like. All, all, you know, I know it's a lot of rappers that from Chandler, even dudes that I went to high school with that started rapping later on, you know what I'm talking about? Like, but when I came there, there was one dude who could rap. His name was like Marcus or something like that. And he was like a goofball rapper, though. You know what I'm talking about? Right, like, right, right. satire. You know, he cracked sure. jokey jokes. Sure, sure, sure. And that's how. That was I, big if we're talking about the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, it was big to be the. But it, was, the it wasn't dope, though. He, he, it was dope for what they was used to, I guess. You know right, what I mean? Right. And then I told JoJo, like, son, I'm about to, I can, you take me up there, I'm a rap. Nobody knew me at school yet, you know what I mean? It's only like second and third day. Mm-hmm. You know, only maybe a couple of little females that I tried to talk to, you know what I mean? But other than that, and JoJo, you know, because we had classes together. I'm like, he like, you can spit? I'm like, yeah, I can spit, son. Like, take me up there, I'm about to show you. And he's like, and I went up there and I murdered it, you know what I mean? Like, it was something like, it, it was crazy. The whole school went crazy, you know what I mean? Like, they started calling me Biggie. You know what I mean? Like, you Chandler's biggie. And I, at first, I wasn't fucking with that. You know what I mean? Like, especially me growing up, such a Stone Cold Tupac fan. 
you're not gonna call me Biggie, so you know what I'm talking about. But it was, it was, okay. it was stuck like everywhere, every, every, you know, white Mexican, but every race, anybody, nobody even really knew my real name. You know what right, I mean? Right, everybody right. just knew me. Even my teachers called me Biggie. You know what I mean? Like you're the guy that raps. Yeah. It's so the easiest thing. You know? So like, what it allowed me to do, like it, like music make people comfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's true. My me being such a good rapper, like people never, a lot of people didn't have a guard up with me. Different races and they allowed me to get closer to a lot of different cultures, and you know, get to learn it from my own perspective. You know what I mean? Like different cultures do tend to have fear of a large black man. That's I, I, who was your first white friend? Who's who first broke through? Is your first like real like white? Homie, I, homie. I can tell this motherfucker some real shit about white people. We can talk real. You know, he can't say the N-word, but we can talk real about everything else. Well, who was your first, like, go-to white guy? Like, I could trust this guy. This guy's all right. Because you're coming, you're you're almost full-grown at that point. You're coming from a place where you've never experienced white guys. So yeah. to me, not knowing nothing, it would seem like it would be harder to bridge that gap. <laughs> That's so crazy. You're the truth of these questions, I'm telling you. Like, my first white friend... I would have uh, it, would, it, it could be a girl. No, no, no. It was a group. It was it was the homies. So okay, it's Adam. Let's shout them out, Adam. Adam Pyeth. I'm gonna get first and last because you know they they're my white homies. They want to hear they first. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to hear the first. <laughs> they're not worried about the government at all. Adam Pyeth, uh, Joey Curry, uh, Brandon Snyder. We we'll tag them in the video. Yeah, yeah, man. Like like them was like that was like the rap pack, and then. Chente, you know what I mean? Did they rap? Were they no, hip hop culture or they were just homies? Absolutely okay. not. Okay. I'm talking about these was the, you know, sublime. I'm talking about the whitest white boys. They never try to be nothing else but what they are. You know what I mean? That's like good. that's how I was able to and then Chente, he's a Mexican. That's my my Mexican home. That's my brother. Okay. Vincent. You know, Vincent Montaigne. I don't think I don't know your real name too, huh? But <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my brother too. So I met all of them together. They they we're in Hightown. Like, if you know Chandler, you know what I mean? It's a neighborhood called Hightown in Chandler. That's It's like a, a Mexican neighborhood that's tucked off at Espinosa's. Um, you go to Espo's Mexican restaurant right there. It's like two couple streets behind there. Okay. That's all Hightown. A little pocket I mean? of, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. of Mexican culture so, in Chandler. Yeah, in Chandler. Okay. And, it's, and it's heavy. It's real deep. It's real, you know what I mean? It's, it's the real deal around there. You know what I'm talking about? So... They, like, one of my homies in a, I stayed in an apartment across the street with my dudes, you know what I mean? And one of my homies, like, oh, we going over here to party in Hightown. I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's talking about amusement parks? I'm like, what the fuck is a Hightown? You know what I mean? Like, he took me over there, boom. And Chente, not, you know, knowing now, like, the house, Chente's dad, like, owned the house, you know what I mean? And But he was letting Adam and them, like, that was their little group, Chente, Adam, Joey, Brandon, letting them rent it. And it was really just a party house, though. You know what I mean? So, I, I hung out in one of those in my yeah. Up and then like I come over there, and it's like one other black dude. You know what I'm talking about? And me. You right. know what I'm talking about? Right. Then right. nothing but white people. You know what I mean? They even a couple of Mexicans. You know, scattered here and there. But <laughs> the right, the, as some white people would say, the right percentage. Yeah, man. Of like, other people. So a couple Mexicans, couple black guys, and a lot of white folks. Yeah. So you know, they all everybody doing their own thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I still been like I graduated. I, I've been over six feet forever, you know what I mean? So I've always been a giant nigga, so I'm still the biggest nigga in the room. And uh, I'm just watching people and everybody's energy, you know what I mean? Drinking my little drink. 
then I see the other nigga that's there. Oh, he want to start rapping. Like, oh, I knew it. You know, instantly, like, I knew it. Like, anytime I go to a party, I'll be waiting for somebody to rap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how I was being. Yeah, that's like, an MC energy. That's yeah, a hip-hop yeah, yeah. energy. I yeah, like, that. I'm yeah. waiting. Like, I wish somebody would. You know what I mean? Because I know, for one, I'm about to kill it, and I'm about to be able to get the baddest bitch here based off the fact that I'm about to be the dopest rapper she ever seen in real life. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Like, mm-hmm. I always knew this has always been my confidence. You know what I'm talking about? So... Um, he get the rapping or whatever, and instantly, you know, I married him. I actually went around the room freestyling, right, just rapping about everybody in there. You know what I mean? Which, which allow everybody, like I said, get comfortable with me. Boom, the owners of the house, like, yo, he, you know, they, they kind of like embrace me. You know what I mean? Like, and introduce me to all. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Then was like my first real like. We done done all kind of crazy shit together. You know what I mean? From getting money, like all all kind of shit that you wouldn't imagine. You know what I mean? Like they know some secrets about me. I know some secrets about them. Like we grew up with. I know his mama. He know my mama. Like I done been over there. You know what I'm talking about? Like right. just it's real to experience real. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would have never even had that kind of access into white culture without him. You know, without them. You know, Adam and Joy and all them. Like knowing you learn a lot. Yeah, man. It could be a little scary at times, but you it's different. Yeah, it's, it's, different. it's different, but you can also see where the similarities are. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate you, you saying. You know that. what I mean? Like, the similarities that people like to forget. Yeah, no, when man. Talking just, about white and black. Relationships. Yeah, it's, it's just different flavors, man. It's just like what I like. Like I said, me being a giant nigga, and like I said, I've never, I've never experienced no racism out here ever. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and people be like, yeah, the motherfuckers don't want to say nothing to you because you a giant ass nigga. Whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, I, whatever the reason. Police, whatever. And I, like I said, I done been locked up numerous occasions, but I ain't never got beat up by the police, none of that shit. You know, some of them try to talk a little slick sometimes, sure. but it's just, it's how you respond to it is how, or where they going to take that shit to. Sure. Once they see that they can't get that kind of energy out of me, then it's, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, but I ain't never experienced no racist, none of that. Never. And you know what I mean? Like, ever. And I've been out here all this time, and it's just like, I, I feel like, you know, I... <laughs> It's, it's because I I was able to get that kind of insight. Like, I, I'm able to understand people different than, than the average because they haven't been that close to a white person to really know, you know, like, how how was they raised to be the kind of person that they is? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I feel like, like, so the, like, if you ain't never met their parents or their grandparents or, to even know they stock, how can you know how this man or this woman became the type of person they is or why they think the way they think or whatever it is? Whereas I was able to sit back and learn different, you know, see different, the way different, like, all white people not the same, just like all black people not the same. You know what I mean? Like, this person was ways right like this. Joey and them parents did things different than Adam and them parents did things different than Brad and them parents. You know what I'm talking about? Definitely. But I was able to sit back and see, oh, okay, like, it's, it's just like I can relate this to my cousin, this and them, and my homeboy, this and this, and me and my family. You know what I mean? Like, you can relate things, and but you can also see where things is different, but it's just culturally. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's just it. Everything not the same thing with my Mexican homie Chente. You know what I mean? Like, Allow me to get so close to Mexican culture that, you know what I mean, I never thought that I would be able, like, I would not know, you know what I mean? Like, I would just have what I see on TV or what I hear from other people, but no one can tell me something about Mexicans or about white people, you know what I mean, that I've experienced myself, so there's nothing you can tell me. You can't tell me all white people racist. They can't make up lies. Yeah, yeah. They can't generalize as much as some yeah. people like to because you've had real experience. Yeah, so that's what it is, man. So I carry myself different, man, and 
and uh, my experiences with people, like I don't, I don't never had no beefs or nothing like, you know what I mean? Like everybody loved me. And that's just because I show respect and I demand it back. You know what I mean? Like I treat you the way that I want to be treated. You know what I'm talking about? Like I'm a firm believer in that. So even though I'm a giant, nobody will never be like, you know, or not since I've been an adult. I'll be like, right. you know, he bullying or he, he right. bullied me or he tried to throw his weight around. Like, no, because that that's sucker shit. You know what I mean? Like, And I think you don't feel the pressure of being a little guy. I think I, most of the big people in my life uh, have been the nicest people I've known. And I think it's because you don't get intimidated easy. Yeah. There's, you're not, and, and you're not insecure. Uh, you know who you are, and you know what you can do, and probably what you do some things you can't do. But point being, uh, you know who you are and where you're at in the world, and uh, and and smart people do give bigger people a certain amount of respect. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's the only smart thing to do. I was raised as a man, and as a man, you're raised if you, even if you don't learn it at home, you're raised pretty quick to give bigger people respect, unless you want to deal with the wrath of bigger <laughs> people, which most people do not want to do. So. But like I said, most most big people um, I've met, uh, they're the nicest people I've known. And most of the shit talkers and troublemakers have been some of the shorter people I've known. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't say it necessarily has to be that way, but that's just been my experience. Um, do you miss anything about Detroit being, what? being here? What do you miss about Detroit? Coney Island. Um, There's a Coney Island in Detroit? There's a million Coney Islands in Detroit. A uh, restaurant. It's a restaurant. Oh, it's okay. I, I thought, I was thinking about the Coney Island <laughs> in New York. I didn't know. I was like, there's islands uh, in Detroit. But no, like, I miss, like. What, what's, what, do they, what do they serve at that Coney Island? Man, like, my, I I love the corned beef deluxe. You know what I'm talking about? Like, okay. I'm a big corned beef sound. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. chili cheese fries. Mm, you know what I'm talking about? It's a, a it's corned like, beef deli sandwich. Uh, okay. But uh, you can get all kind of devices in there. Burgers, all that. You know what I mean? Okay. Some of them, you can even get a corned beef egg roll. You know what I'm talking about? Like that's crazy. I try, I'd love to try that. I'm a food yeah. guy myself. I'm uh, struggling to be small, but I'm trying my heart wants to be a big guy. I like eating. Mm. And, uh, putting, I like combining foods and trying <laughs> new combinations. I'm, I'm that kind of big guy. Um, how Well, it, it, I, I'm, I'm a little confused about one thing. You had a rapping past. You definitely received props and girls and the things that we get mm-hmm. from rapping. Um, but then you dropped the fact that you really just started pursuing it a year ago. True. So it was just a party. It was just, hey, fun. Hey, get girls thing up until then. Or, hey, I'm going to talk some shit. I'm going to be better than that guy. What what made you turn the, turn the real gas on? What made you really start to pursue it? time like I'm like man if I'm gonna really do like I always felt that that was what I was supposed to do was mm-hmm. rap you know what I mean like I'm like God did not make me this talented you know give me these gifts to just be the nigga who can kill everybody at a party if I'm at it or you know what I mean that could just you know that's not what he gave me this for just so my homies and my family can know that I'm the dopest nigga that never did nothing with it you know what I mean so and I, I grew up, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of niggas, you know, like, shout out to niggas who can do that when they're younger. But like I said, I was really in the streets. You know what I'm talking about? Like, even here, like, I was really in the streets, really enjoying everything that a street life give you. The good, the bad, the ugly, you know what I mean? Like, from traveling states, to all of that, I was really that. So... I didn't. I didn't see the. You know what I mean. Like, I'm like, what? I'm gonna stop this and go in the studio and record. Like, when they like, 
It's a I, common thing in hip hop. A lot of street guys yeah. don't or miss the value of, of being an artist. Um, so that's why, though, like, and it just came a point in my life where it's like, okay, you know, I'm good now. You know what I mean? Like, if this is what I really want to do, this is gonna be my time. Like, I need to just go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? Like, I need to start investing in it, and I need to take the same energy that I've been putting in the streets and put it into music. You know what I'm talking about? So. That was it, you know. I, I I made the decision. It was just time. Like this, this gonna be it. So right after Christmas, I called Blaine up. Like come to the crib. I'm gonna shoot a video for. You know what I mean? I'm gonna just take this. I'm Illy beat and shoot a video over. I'm gonna kill it. And we got such a good response. It's just been a heavy press ever since then. You know what I mean? Like, well, the the project, uh, the artwork looks great. The music sounds technically well produced and well engineered. So. Uh, I want to give you all the salute and respect for that because that's a big hurdle. A lot of artists don't take the time to uh, to engage in. Um, what you've been in AZ long enough to know what's what's the best part of the AZ hip hop scene? What's the best part of AZ hip hop? Um, like for this time that I've been in it, the best thing that I can say is that I don't really see no petty beefs. You know what I mean? Like, and if it is. It don't get a, enough attention to where it, it doesn't it live. Reach, yeah, you know what Most I mean. Most of the time, like, it's super petty. That's why yeah. it doesn't really live long. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And I don't. And it ain't nothing enough to where, you know, ain't no real beef. Ain't no blood being shed. Ain't even nobody throwing no hands behind nothing mm-hmm. that's going on. Like it's just a bunch of Twitter fingers and internet shit that I've seen for the most part. And I think that's dope. You know what I mean? Like that. You know, people can really move around freely and be whatever kind of artist they want to be without having to worry about the pressure from somebody else or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't really like seeing people feeling uncomfortable about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's dope. I notice in other places sometimes, like, oh, this nigga don't fuck with this nigga, or this nigga come do a show here, these niggas gonna come shoot the show up, and all the woo like, ain't none of that going on out here. I think that's dope. And um, I feel like these artists, like, most Arizona artists are open to work with other Arizona artists, but for some reason, it's like, People think that they not. You know what I mean? Like it's like people right. think that they won't fuck There's with you. It's a general you. opinion that nobody fucks with you. But if you reach out to somebody, most you. of the time they yeah. fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. Like me personally, I have not. I haven't wanted a feature. You know what I mean? Or or tried to get a feature from no other artists. You know what I mean? Like just because I wanted to. Like I said, this is my first year. I ain't even hit a year yet. So I wanted to come establish myself as an artist as being one of the dopest, if not the dopest that you ever heard, you know what I mean? Well, not with, oh, 100 million features and all, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, in 2021, I'm gonna get on some, I'm gonna get some features, you know what I mean? Like, I've been peeping the scene, that's what I've been really doing too, is, is just doing my homework, really watching these Arizona artists, you know what I mean? Putting my ear to their music, even seeing, like, uh, like, everybody's not dope, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, uh, you know what I mean? Like, shout out to everybody who want to do music, yeah. It's but, just a fact of life. Yeah, everybody's not dope. Some of this shit is trash. Some people's journey is to try it and figure out that it's not for them, yeah. for whatever reason. But that some of this shit out here is dope. Some of these yeah. artists are dope, dope. And and I, I feel like 
what we would compliment each other on tracks, you know what I'm talking about? Like, so once I'm ready to start selecting my features, like anytime you're gonna see a feature, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm gonna want people to be excited to hear the song, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you see people on a song together, I'm like, what? Like, I don't wanna hear that shit, you know what I mean? Like, what? How they gonna be on the song together, you know what I'm talking about? Like, even though, oh, they're so different and they bring them like, I, me, I don't wanna hear that shit, but the people who I'm gonna wanna put on song, even if we're different, We'll compliment each other. You know what I mean. So 2021, you know, be on the lookout for some features from some artists. That sounds good. I think because you didn't do it at first, that builds anticipation for when it does happen. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're doing true collaborations and not more the microwave kind oh, of no, get no, together, no. like you were talking about. Oh no, 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 no! Like anybody who I'm gonna do a song with, I'm gonna fuck with them. Like we're gonna be in the studio together. I'm not just about to be sending tracks off. I'll come to you, whatever it is. Like. I, I want the I need the whole vibe to, you know what I mean like because just because I might like your music I might meet you and not fuck with you you know what I mean and then I might have to go ahead and you know what I mean like I'm not gonna just do music with you if I don't fuck with you like that you know what I mean with a name like Big Doobie has that been a nickname in your life or is that just coming with the newfound rap group? no like we the Doobie Boys like me, I mean you've been a, big for a while yeah. so I figure that's a part of it that's a staple of, of what you are but um like we that's a family name like even if you go look like 2007 8, 9, 10 even right now to my cousin Dre Doobie like the Doobie Boys Entertainment was a club promotion company out okay. here um, you know what I mean? Like even where they had the the Monarch, they used to be Club PHX. Okay. Everybody know you. You niggas know. You know what I'm talking about? Like everybody know who it is and where where, where that Doobie shit came from. But the Doobie Boy, you know, we have billboards and shit off out here and all that. So the that's Mike Doobie, Drake Doobie, always been Big Doobie. Big you know what I mean? Okay. Like, that makes sense. So yeah, that it's just been my name all this time as opposed to being Biggie you know what I mean where everybody called me Biggie that's a no go you know what I mean and then even just Big you know what I mean like I got a homie named Big too you know what I mean like we get together and it's big and we both look at oh, fuck all that it's you know what I mean like, yeah, yeah. So. so many people rap and the name game can't be difficult so I'm big dude you know what I mean the one and only no phony man were you, uh, were, you were you smoking weed in Detroit before you oh. came to Arizona oh. Absolutely. Just help me out. Before, <laughs> right before the '99, right before you moved here the first time, what kind of what kind of cannabis were we smoking in Detroit? I yes. tell you what, I was smoking in '99. I was like, we got actually pretty good. Uh, we actually, you know, and I'm a white guy, so I had some white guy connects. But in '99, we were. I, I was actually smoking. Um, I say pretty good. It might have been what they called hydro. It wasn't exactly uh-huh, exotic, uh-huh. but it definitely wasn't brickweed. Uh-huh. I was somewhere not quite to the top shelf, but transitioning during that time. What what kind of marijuana were we smoking in Detroit in 1999? Gas. Like, that's what it's called. That's what we were smoking. That was our, like, you know, like you said, it wasn't exotic, but it wasn't no... Reggie, right? You know, right. you smoking that good gang, you might have a little money. My auntie was a weed lady, so okay, you know what I mean. Like on some, like my auntie was a weed lady major. Like, <laughs> hey, nigga, come in here and help me bag up these sacks. You know what I'm talking about? Like little nigga, right. we in there right. stuffing bags, right. I stuff a couple and had a couple. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's only right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you I'm like, ooh, you got them gas today, ain't you? <laughs> 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 so, 
And in Arizona, your aunt is uh, pastor you know, of the church. Pastor of the church. Woo! Man, that's a, that's a, man. I can't get over how big a change that must have been. It looks man. like you came out on top. Uh, found some go-to white guys. Uh, what is what what what's the worst part of just being a rapper in general? What's the worst part? What's the down? Everything's got ups and downs, and we talked about a lot of the ups. What's the downside to rap? Oh, don't answer that question. Where we were at, this is where we're picking up. What do you think uh, the worst part of being a rapper in general is? Um, it's just like like the anticipation. Like I, I can't speak for other rappers, but I know where I'm going to be, and just just constantly reminding myself to be patient and it's a process that yeah. I gotta grind, I gotta get it out the mud and ain't no shortcuts, you know what I mean? Like That's a great attitude. I think a lot of artists have trouble with that concept in itself, that it's gonna be a grind, it's gonna be a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Comedians have a better comedians go into it knowing first five or ten years, I gotta work hard and I'm not gonna make any money. Mm-hmm. And they know that if I do that, there's a good chance after the ten years I could make you know, even if you're just a touring comedian, you can make good money. Yeah. So I think rappers maybe need to learn a lesson from comedians that it's very rare that it's an overnight success. Everybody seems like an overnight success. Usually if you ask them, it's been a long, tedious process. And they have a lot of ups and downs over that process. Now, we, we talked about your name, Big Doobie, and I use these interviews for personal information. What is your favorite... Uh, what is your? Uh, are you an indica or sativa guy? Do you yeah. not care? Indica. Yeah. What's your favorite strain? Do you have a favorite strain? Man, there's a couple. Um, you just give them a shout out. You don't have to go down the whole list. I like Mojave make uh, cream pie Kush. I love it. Okay. Um, there's a new grower that came out here from California to Connected Labs. Connected and, and Alien. Yeah, the yeah, 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 I haven't got to them yet. Um, so the Gushers is mind blowing. The Gelato 41, the Biscotti, the Gelinade. I like the Biscotti. Yeah. That $65 an Afy, but it's worth it to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're yeah. really smoking that good side. Yeah. Um, but them the ones, like them, I go, that's what I'm blowing right now. Okay. Well, you gave us a stream. And the, is there a favorite dispensary to buy these at? Or is it um, you can only where get, you can find them? Like Harvest. Harvest is the only place you can get the connected labs. Yeah. Um, but Debbie's. Is the home of the Mojave. They really the only grower that's fucking with that connected labs to me. Right. You know, I didn't have the Kingman flower, the grow sign, all that. Like, yeah, there's some gas out here, but but for that real exotic shit, ain't nobody really fucking with that connected labs, but Mojave. They're new. Mojave and well, okay, Mojave's been around. Yeah. Connected Labs. Have you ever tried True Man? Yeah. I'm you like, like yeah. True Man? I like True Man. Uh, I'm a fan of True Man. Now, of course, they're a sponsor of our situation. Okay. So I feel kind of necessary to mention them, but it's okay for me because uh, they're to me, they're one of the best flowers I've had. Mm-hmm. I like, uh, I give a shout out to, I just tried House Exotics, which mm-hmm. is kind of a new name, mm-hmm. but they uh, they had a real good uh, flower. I like it crystally and sticky. Yeah. 
and uh, which sometimes it can be tough, but you know you you know you know you got to pay that fifty five fifty fifty or sixty dollar charge to get the real. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy good cannabis. I'm quality glad over quantity, man. Absolutely, quality over quantity. I agree. What if, what if anything? Is there anything you could find similar between Phoenix and Detroit? Very different landscape. Very different. Uh, population very different a lot of things is there anything similar you can draw from between Phoenix and Detroit um I'm trying to think like even food everything like definitely uh, not as good a food here as in Richmond and you mentioned a restaurant you missed in Detroit yeah I, I miss I miss the food the food had a bit more culture where I came from on the East Coast. Uh, I would say that, um, I mean, that the, the the closest thing I would say is like that casino boom, how, you know, how we had started getting all these casinos. Oh, like, y'all yeah. have casinos as well. Yeah, we started okay. getting the casinos. That's, simil- that's a good similarity. That's yeah, true. Okay. That's pretty much it. Is, it. is it the native situation there? Yeah. If you're on native or the Greeks. Ground? Oh, the okay. Yeah, like the Greeks got them, like because most of the casinos is downtown. Ain't no, ain't no native land. Oh, uh, I see. Ain't no native land in Detroit, yeah. so they just they they legalize gambling yeah. to help the situation. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, do you uh, have you had rat beef? Have you had never? Yeah, you're a big guy. It's kind of I, I doubt most people. <laughs> there are a lot, and there are a lot of small rappers. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, Eminem, yeah. Ice Cube, just to name a few. A lot of small rappers. Do I mean, um. Yeah. Do you give a shit about Eminem? Yes. He comes from your hometown. He's huge. He's huge in hip hop in general. He was part of molding me as an artist. He was a part. I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, especially that Marshall Mathers, that Slim Shady, um, and what's the other one? The Eminem show. Them three albums. yeah. Yeah, them first three albums, I pretty much can tell you I can rap every song word for word because. That's like my freshman year of high school. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and me becoming an artist, and that's one of the artists who I compete with when I write. You know what I mean? So, absolutely. That's a good role model to have because say what you want, technical writer, he's definitely one of, if not the best. He's yes. a technical writer. Yes. You may not like his content. Yeah. And it's odd to me that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, I haven't met anybody from Detroit that doesn't show Eminem a lot of respect. And and I and I've met uh, I've met a lot of black folks outside of Detroit that just don't get it. Mm-hmm. They just don't. Um, yeah, it, it's it's like no. Like, a lot of times, it, his content gets in the way. You know, yeah. as you said, your family show a lot of love and respect to the elders. You would never, no matter what your yeah. family does, you would never talk a certain way about them or to them. And he broke all those rules because in white people in white houses, we do speak differently to and about. Our family sometimes, uh-huh. uh, for whatever reason, it seems to be cultural. I don't know. But see, with Eminem, like it, it wasn't like you know, like when I listened to Tupac as a kid, a, a lot of the things that he said were applied. I applied to myself as a man and how I walked and how I carried myself, just being militant, military mindset, all, all kind of shit. Whereas Eminem, I listen to for entertainment. You know what I mean? He, his music entertained me. Right. His music made me think. And his music made me want to be a better artist. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I take different things it's from different, different artists. Right. Yeah, that's that's I, all. I, I, like, I everybody's not the same. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't get the same energy that I get when I listen to Jeezy music that I get when I listen to 
you know, say Lupe Fiasco or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I listen to different artists for different things. So when I listened to Eminem growing up, I listened to him, you know, to hear how he put his words together and because it was mind blowing at the time, nobody was on that level doing that type of shit, you know, lyrically. So yeah, there's no way. Like shout out to him, you know what I mean? Like he still is and forever is, you know, he, he that guy, you know, tomorrow like regardless of the whatever the new wave of music is, people don't want to put whatever. Like I'm from Detroit, I'm a real street nigga, and yes, fucking Eminem is important. You got respect, and yeah. I, I like how you differentiated that you look to him for artistic advice, technical, creative writing. You don't look, of obviously, and I think this is maybe where people miss the boat. You obviously don't look to Eminem in how to be a six foot tall black man. Right. He's a five foot ten blonde white guy. Right. You know, like you don't. There's there's, there's obvious. You know, there's obvious role models and 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 obvious not role models. Right. So I think to build your life around, of course, you don't do that. Right. But as far as being a rapper, or maybe uh, how to promote yourself, maybe how to. Break out, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things you can learn from him. Uh, so I appreciate you making that uh, difference and kind of explaining that because I think it it gets muddy. Uh, you know, there's I think Eminem's biggest fault at this problem is probably his fans who piss off his. He's got a large amount of fans who may or may not be have been involved in hip hop culture that love to speak out about him as all fans do, and I think a lot of times his fans irritate other people more than he actually does. Yeah. Uh, and you can't you can't blame him for having fans. He's an outstanding artist, an outstanding uh, creative writer, and, uh, and a force in hip-hop, no matter who you are. Uh, to me, you have a, a great business sense. What do you think, and, and maybe it's the mix of the street, and the mix of the church, and the mix in your family, and being able to go in between mm-hmm. uh, both worlds, but what do you think drives your business sense? Um, my goal, my goal is to be the richest rapper Arizona has ever produced. Period. Without any hesitation, with no question, undisputed, he is the richest. He is responsible for producing the most millionaires in Arizona. You mm-hmm. know how mm-hmm. you know you could be an artist and become an executive and. Oh, yo, I think if you make yourself a millionaire, you would be the, the richest Arizona rapper exactly. at this point. Anyway. Exactly. So I think that's, that's, a, I mean. that's a worthy goal. That's a goal you can hit. And that's why every move that I make business-wise, every it's chess for me, it's strategic. The fact that I show up to every show with my own camera crew and everything, I do things differently. You know what I mean? It's all a, a strategic chess move. You know what I mean? Like for perception. So to, to gain leverage for later business ventures and things like that, like everything that I do and, and like I said my goal is to be the richest rapper Arizona has ever produced the first multi-million dollar really oh yeah that's a millionaire rapper from Arizona right there you okay. know what I mean like and his artists or whoever he associate with from Arizona they millionaires too you know what I mean like there's no reason we have the talent here that there can't be multiple multi-millionaire rappers in Arizona the same way there is in Houston or in Detroit or any all these other places when these people come together and work together once one person do it as long as that's his mindset like me I've always been a leader so regardless if I've only been doing music for a shorter amount of time people been doing a lot whatever like when I get in a position to be able to do what I'm able to do this is what I want to do. I want to lead. I want to show other people how to become 
multi-million dollar rappers, even if our market ain't the biggest. We've come from Arizona. Doesn't matter. If, you know what I mean? As long as the hustle is going to match the talent, we can reach those goals. And I and if I got to be the first one to show, then so be it. You know what I mean? And nothing's going to stop me from doing it. By this time next year, I'm going to be a lot closer to that goal. You know what I mean? Like, Guaranteed. Do you, do you classify yourself as a if you when you address yourself to the world, you consider yourself an Arizona artist? Absolutely. Okay. A hundred percent. Like yeah, I'm from Detroit. Everybody, all my Detroit people know everybody. You know, it's all You've been back and forth for a long time. Though. Yeah, so, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, everybody know those are my roots. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Detroit made me, but Arizona raised me. You know what I'm right. talking about? Like so. Like, yeah, I, I'm rooted in Detroit. And yeah, I went to high school in Detroit and school grew up there as a kid. And yes, that's what made me, gave me the foundation to be the type of man that I am. But the, the evolution of me as a man and as an artist would not have been possible without Arizona. You know what I'm talking about? So it's, I feel like I got the best of both worlds, 100%. One last question before we get out of here. And, and thanks again for you coming and sitting down with me. I appreciate it. People would like to give me a lot of respect and props for my show, but my show revolves around the artists I speak to. If I was sitting here talking for an hour, no one would want to listen. It's about your story, and it's about uncovering what you have to give to the hip-hop community and to Arizona in general, and I appreciate it. Again, you sitting down with me. One last question. You're Thanos. You snap your fingers, you can change any, th- any one thing in the world tomorrow. What, what is Big Doobie going to change about the world? Man... It could be hip hop related, general life shit. 100%. 100%. I would get rid of this Rona shit. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm done with the world and the economy being affected by, regardless of if you feel it's real or fake, we're dealing with real issues because of it. So if I could, you know, throw my gloves on with all my crystals in it and snap my fingers, there would be no more Rona. Uh, It would be done. 100% 100% with no chance of ever coming back. I'm sure we're all behind that. You know, as we yeah, move into 2021, we're all waiting for it to be over. It's like a bad cold that you just want to get done with so you can go back outside and have Brad. fun. Well, Big Dewey, I appreciate you sitting Absolutely. down with me. It's been my Absolutely. pleasure. I'm sure everybody out there is going to enjoy it. Uh, it's been a great talk. I feel like I know a lot more about you, definitely, but Detroit. And a little bit more about Chandler as well. Yeah, Sea Town, man. Shout out to them Wolves, man. State champs, man. Yeah. That's about Chandler, Chandler man. Bringing up Chandler. That's what's it. Yeah, That's what man. It is. All right. Thanks, everybody. From the mission, we're signing off with the real Big Doobie right here every week. The mission. Let's go. Okay, cool. We'll take a break. We'll get, get Charlie Goo What did you want to shoot? We're getting ready to get out of here. Before we go, Big Doobie, you want to tell everybody, any shout out, you want to tell everybody where they can reach you at? Oh, yeah, media. man. On Instagram, the real Big Doobie with an underscore at the end. Um, you'll see the mixtape cover. You'll know it's me. Uh, on Facebook, Big Doobie, Big Doobie, or the real Big Doobie music page as well. That's it. Check in with a true AZ artist representing Detroit in his whole life and his music. He's got a great project out now called uh, The D to AZ. Yes, sir. And so please, stream streaming everywhere. It's crisp, it's clean. Check that out. All right? Big doobie. Cool.
Smokey Dollar. Thank you so much for coming to sit down with me today. Joseph Bills yeah, tonight, yo. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. What an intro, man. You know? Good evening, this is Swerve 360. Walter Cronwright, Dan Rather Smoke Weed, and I'd just like to say thank you to each one of you. This is Swerve 36, Old Granddad, Big Butch the Lesbian, Walter Cronwright, Dan Rather, Smoke Weed, Dirty Harry, Lee X the Theater. That's me, you know, and every week, right here from the beautiful Icon Radio, Respect the Underground Worldwide Radio Studios, we bring you the mission. Now, our mission is to talk to artists, get to the root and to the seed and soil of their purpose, their mission. That's what our mission is. And that's what we do here every day. 